Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. And we're live! Welcome back, everybody. This is Lance's House of Sports. You got your usual crew. I'm Lance Wyatt, and I'm here with my house member, Ben Gabriel. Ben, welcome back to the show. We're like the dynamic duo of podcasts right now. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and as always, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's we're going to be a fun one today. It's going to be a fun one. You know, it's the usual how it always is. We're starting off with college football. We'll get into the NFL, and we're going to finish off with the National Basketball Association. But the first thing that we're going to be talking about today is, of course, our Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State, last week, another game, another dominant fashion W. We got out of our uh, our uh, struggling woes from the last couple of weeks, and we dominated Indiana, start to finish, uh, winning that game, fifty six to fourteen. Uh, but the key highlight from that game was Cameron Babb, a fifth year senior on Ohio State. He's the man that rocks number zero for us this year. He got his first career catch and his first career touchdown as a Buckeye on Ohio State this past week. That was probably the best thing I've I saw over the entire weekend. It was really cool to see. Uh just like all the teammates, like hugging them and shit, and like I mean, you could see the excitement him, and the like, joy, yeah, the emotions, the and it was it was awesome. It was really cool to see. I mean, Gus Johnson said it best. He said that's what makes Ohio State different. There's just something different about them Buckeyes, man. And it was definitely just the coolest thing to see. Like for those of you guys that don't know who Cameron Babb is, he's come off four ACL surgeries and a meniscus surgery to come all the way up to this point and to finally get a chance to play in a game for the Buckeyes, and he got his first ever touchdown. I mean, if first that's... First ever catch. Huh? First ever catch, First too. career catch and first career touchdown. Yeah, I mean... That's that's crazy. I mean, it, it, was definitely, it was definitely the highlight of my weekend, of a weekend with loaded uh, section of sports, so to speak. Um, but outside of that, I mean, we dominated on the offensive end. We dominated on the defensive end. Mayan Williams carried the load on the running game as there was no Travion Henderson once again. But he did happen to go down with a lower body injury. And news and updates on that, Ben, you know what's going on with that at all? Or uh, Ryan Day expects both him and Travion to play against Maryland this weekend. So. That's huge news. Yeah, Cause, cause we I need them. We need them. Because I, I know going into the game last week, they were seeing Travion Henderson in a boot. I don't know if he was wearing it on the sidelines, but they said he was in a boot. So to see him probably coming back next week is huge, especially since we don't know what's going to be going on with Mayan. But we're going to need those guys for Michigan. I mean, Michigan's, what is it, 10 days away? Yeah. I'd honestly want to be opposed to them sitting Mayan out again. Get him healthy. Make sure he's a hundred percent for that game. I agree. I wouldn't be opposed to keeping both of them out. Yeah, we're gonna win. Let Dallin we'll Hayden, be Maryland let pretty Dallin handily. Hayden run the show. When he was the back, when uh, Mayan got hurt, he dominated. Yeah. I mean, granted, we're just playing Indiana, but he got his reps in. He looked fantastic. I've always been a fan of Dallin since the start of the year, and I mean, he's the, he's the future of Ohio State, in my opinion. I agree. So that's really, I mean, that's really all we need to talk about for Ohio State. I mean, it was just a dominant win. Yeah. CJ I mean, Stroud got back. And uh, his uh, fancy, I mean, we've stayed in the win column, but he, he picked up his uh, style of play tremendously uh, this past week. But uh, outside of that, in college football, there was a few key games that I want to discuss before we move in to looking at these new college football playoff rankings. And the first game was uh, seven in the country, LSU. They, uh, scra- they barely scraped by uh, unranked Arkansas on the road, winning that game 13-10. to 
I mean, there was not a lot of offense in that game at all, Ben. I mean, wouldn't you say? 13-10? Yeah, defensive game for sure. For sure. <laughs> I mean, Jaden Daniels looked good, and they pulled out the win. But, I mean, for the future for LSU, I mean, because they have the SEC West uh, clinched now. So they're going to be playing Georgia in the SEC championship. Uh, but to be in a tight game like that with Arkansas, it's definitely not one you want to see. No, nah, but coming off a emotional victory like that, it's – you don't always expect your team to come out and play just as good they did the week before. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we saw it firsthand with Northwestern with and our Penn State. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nine in the country. Bama. They have two losses on the year. They almost had a third last week on the road against Ole Miss. They scraped by in that game, um, winning that game thirty to twenty four. I wouldn't say that means a whole lot for the SEC now because that completely knocks SEC out of contention or excuse me, Ole Miss out of contention. And Bama, with the two losses in the conference, they're already out of contention. So, I mean, with a win like that, do you think Alabama can compete to possibly still make the playoffs? Or They would need some help from LSU. They would need a whole lot of help. Yeah, they, LSU needs to lose two games in, in conference. And they – no, they no, – I mean, LSU's LSU, clinched, so yeah, it doesn't matter. No, yeah, it doesn't matter. And let's say they Alabama's even out. do lose these games, you know, and then lose to Georgia. I still don't – Alabama's the out. Yeah. yeah, they're out. They're, they're out. Done. 100%. That was, that was a win for show, for style, and for hopefully a better bowl game for Bryce Young in the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. But outside of that, I'm happy, man. Yeah. Love love seeing them have a year like yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, Bama. Nick Saban, he's a GOAT, but till next year, buddy. Till yeah. next year. Yeah. 25 in the country, Washington. They went on the road, and they went up against the Oregon Ducks. Uh, I don't know if we specifically talked about that game on the podcast last week. But me and you were discussing it a little bit, and I brought up the idea of Washington possibly winning this game. I mean, they have one of the most lethal passing offenses in all of college football. And Michael Penix Jr., I mean, he showed it. And they went out, and they got a tough win out in uh, Oregon. Eugene, 37-34, to 34, and practically knocked Oregon out of uh, playoff contention themselves. Um, but Penix Jr., he dominated that game. Over 400 yards passing and two touchdowns on the day to upset Oregon. Yeah, Indiana's definitely missing him. They could use him this year. Penix. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's good. He kind of looks like a completely different player on He does. This, he does. Uh, on this Washington team there. I think this I think their offense feeds into his um skill set a little better than Indiana's did. Yeah. I feel like Indiana's more I don't want to say run first team. They definitely run a spread offense, but Washington State is one of those like true like West Coast five out offenses like every down and I think that works to his advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Just because he's a mobile quarterback, it spreads the field out for him. I agree completely. Yeah. And while, I mean, it doesn't do anything for Washington's case, I mean, they're just playing for a better bowl game at this point, but that knocked Oregon out of contention for the Pac-12, and it leaves USC with a wide-open chance to take over the Pac-12 and potentially win the Pac-12. I mean, they have a a Pac-12 championship, right? Yeah. I I think it's going to be – I think right now it's USC and Utah. USC and Utah? Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, that's a competitive game for USC if they are to win out. Utah um, already beat USC. That's their only loss. That's right. Wow. So that so that, so that that gives a chance for USC, you know, to get avenge on their one solo loss. That keeps it pretty interesting. Let me get to this last game, and then we'll go right back to that. But the last game I want to speak of, it's four in the nation TCU. They went up against a tough Texas team who doesn't have the best record, but – I mean, they, they have a pretty lethal offense, but it did not look like it at all this past weekend. Is It was another tough defensive game, but TCU was able to pull it out, and they were able to win the game 17-10 to 10 and keep their playoff hopes alive. Those teams in 
in the in those Big Twelve, Pac twelve conferences are so overrated. It's crazy. I mean, like because you know they don't have good defenses. Like I know, I know Texas's defense is n- not like that. And yeah, no, not at t- all. TCU only scored seventeen. They won the game, but it's just. I mean, I I don't know. I'd give a, I'd give some credit to to the TCU defense because I was watching that game and while I was expecting it to be an absolute. Like I thought the over was a lock in that game. Yeah, it was yeah. in the mid '60s, and we saw absolutely nothing whatsoever on the offensive end. But the fact that TCU was still able to scrape out and get that win—I mean, it's huge for a confidence standpoint. Winning a tough game like that, and obviously, it didn't hurt them at all in the playoff rankings, as they're still sitting at the four spot in the college football playoffs in front of Tennessee. But now it leads us to where we are here. To me, it leaves these seven teams to still compete compete and have a chance to make these playoffs it's ohio state it's georgia it's michigan it's tcu it's tennessee it's lsu and it is usc so it's tough it honestly can go either way a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on what they think of tcu whether they're deserving yes they're undefeated but their strength of schedule is not all that um, Tennessee, you know, they've had a dominant strength of schedule, but they have that one loss to Georgia. So people don't really know where to put them. LSU, you know, they're about to be in the SEC championship. They, they won their division, but they're still sitting on two losses. And then USC, you know, a not very strong conference. They got the one loss to Utah. Like you just said, it's tough. Cause you can only have four teams. So what we're going to see in these next couple of weeks in college football, I mean, we're going to see some things shake out to where we can tell a little more. Michigan and Ohio State are going to be matching up on November 26th. One of those teams are going to be out of there. And I I don't know about you, but I believe whoever loses that game, they're out of contention. I, I don't care if it's a one-point loss. I think I think if we lose at home by one, I think we're out of playoff contention. I saw some, I can't remember exactly who it was, but someone on ESPN was saying, if Michigan were to lose to us by one point on the road, they're done. But if we were to lose to Michigan at home by one, he still believed that we have a chance to make the playoffs. And I, I disagreed with that completely. I think I think with our strength of schedule, with the way we've been playing, a little inconsistent these last few weeks. Strength of schedule is getting better, though. Notre Dame keeps winning. Penn State keeps winning outside of Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah. You know, I think that's it, actually, which is pretty sorry. But we got two ranked wins. If we beat Michigan, that'll be three. See, but I, I could agree with you a little bit there with that Notre Dame sort of season. But you want to – I'm going to – I'm going to – I'm going to put my mind in how you think college football often. Notre Dame was not the team they are, the Notre Dame team they are now. And we struggled against a Notre Dame team that was not playing good football at all at the start of the season. Because they lost to us, and then they lost to Marshall. What was it, a week later, two weeks later? Like, they were not playing good football at all. Now, obviously, they've been playing much better, um, beating a lot of talented teams. But, I mean, it's something that the committee would have to look at if we were to lose to Michigan. But, you know, that's not something I'm going to look at. Let's assume that we beat Michigan and it puts them out of there. We're going to see an LSU-Georgia SEC championship, and I think we agree that we think Georgia is going to dominate that game. I think LSU is a good football team, but I just think Georgia – LSU's offense is going to do nothing against Georgia. Georgia's just a complete football team. They have it on both ends. And the way that Stetson Bennett's been looking, he's been proving me wrong each week. He just looks – he looks fantastic. He, them in Ohio State look like the two best teams in the country. I agree, I mean, but that's that's why they're one and two. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. But I mean, but then we can talk about Tennessee as well. Like they don't have any crazy matchups these next couple of weeks. They have a cakewalk 
for the rest of the season, and then they don't have an SEC uh, championship to look forward to. But, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, one of them is going to fall out. Um, TCU, we don't know what to expect from that. But, T- but Tennessee, you know, they're in the five spot right now. So what the committee's saying is that they're the first team waiting on that matchup to go down for them to hop in. And the only way I think that shakes up is if LSU finds a way to upset Georgia in the SEC championship game. Or the other interesting one is USC and how they play out the rest of their season. They only have the one loss on the schedule. They have a chance to avenge it with probably, most likely, Utah in the Pac-12 championship. And their next couple weeks, I mean, they're not the easiest games. They're on the road at LSU, who has a decent offense, and then they're playing the hot Notre Dame squad at home to end their season. And so this is where we got to discuss this. Like, if USC does, you know, win out, run the table in a dominant fashion, does that play the case for USC and Caleb Williams to get a spot in the playoffs? They have to dominate. I think they actually have to, like, dominate. They have to prove it. They can't win by a field goal because Tennessee's loss is a lot better than USC's loss. Yeah, USC's loss to Utah isn't a bad loss especially at Utah, but, you know, I think it's going to be Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, and then either Tennessee or USC. And I one, one of the fan bases is going to be upset at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just – it'll be interesting. I think they'll probably put Tennessee in because I think people want to see him play Georgia again. You think they'd give him a rematch? A yeah, one it'd, four be a, rematch? it'd be a one and four, yeah. Yeah. And then Ohio State would be two, and they'd – whoop TCU's ass. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think we'd fuck them up. But there's no way TCU blows these last couple games, right? I mean, they're at Baylor this week. And then the week after that, they don't have a conference championship to play. Their last game's home against Iowa State. Let's say they struggle maybe one of these next couple games. Does that change anything, or you just have to win and survive? I think TCU controls their own destiny. If they went out, I think they're in. Yeah. I, the conference not having a conference championship game hurts them so much though because the committee values the ch- conference championships like so much and you've seen it with you know all the SC teams and one, the SC Big 10 champion always gets in and then yeah. like see but that's what makes me think a little bit like yeah USC's down on the charts right now at 7th in the nation but they've yet to play that conference championship game you know and if they avenge their sole loss of the season and they have a dominant last two games against UCLA and Notre Dame, I wouldn't be surprised if the committee did some, you know, fuck shit and tossed USC in there because of their because of their favoritism to the conference champions. Yeah, I mean, they beat the number 16 and the number 18, and then they beat Utah in the conference championship. That's three ranked wins in a row. I don't see a reason why you would leave USC out if that happens. Having said that, I don't think they're going to go 3-0 and in the next three games. I think they're going to lose to UCLA. Really? I do. UCLA is a better football team. but Really? Yeah. I mean, I agree. USC is not – they're not the most complete football team. I'd agree in that aspect. Um, if you're right on that one, then you're like 3-0 and the last couple of weeks on your upsets. So let's mark that down in the books, <laughs> you know, USC upset at UCLA. Because, you know, UCLA is not the easiest place to play. It's going to be tough. The inv- yeah, and the Ro- Rose Bowl, right? The Coliseum. They got they If their fans don't show up, then I've had enough of LA. Yeah. Because seriously, yeah. like this is a huge game for them. I mean, just, you know, fact to get a better bowl game, biggest game of the year against the top team in the nation. Their fans got to show out, man. 
They got to show up. Yeah, it's going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be entertaining. I'm very interested. I think they'll be there. I'm very they'll interested to see how many tickets they sell because they and, struggle sometimes. And it's not just UCLA fans going. You know USC fans are going to be there. Yeah, it's like, right there. So it's, it's right there. Yeah. See, but that's kind of an advantage to USC standpoint on the road. Yeah, it's it's a neutral site game for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. We'll see how this game uh, works itself out. So uh, before we do move out of here on the college football standpoint, some of these couple games that we should discuss uh, going into this week. And the first one is, you know, the leader in the uh, Big Ten on the other side of the division. It's Illinois going up against Michigan. I think that's a blowout. Illinois, I don't think they're deserving at all to make it to the Big Ten championship. I mean, everyone in that division is tied up right now. So, I mean, this is a huge game for Illinois. But obviously, I don't think Michigan sells this game at all whatsoever. Being at home. Not a trap game? I don't looking, think it's looking a ahead game. to Ohio State. I think I think Michigan know they well because they I, I get it like looking at it as a trap game, but they know like if they blow this game going into the game against Ohio State, like you know how like gut wrenching that'd be for them as an like as a franchise as an <laughs> organ as a school as an organization like got the biggest game of your life coming up against Ohio State, one that they know we want revenge in. And you go out and lose to Illinois, it's not happening, dude. Illinois is a terrible football team. They're uh, an absolutely horrendous football yeah, team. Yeah, I mean – Their run game's good, but that is it. Their running back is out for the year. Their star running back's out for the year. Illinois. That game's already decided. Michigan's going to win that game. What? Yeah. What was the injury? I'd have to go look it up, but I know he's out for the year. So, yes, Illinois had – a dominant run run offense and a run force, but that's gone now. <laughs> so, exactly. So there goes the trap game. What what was the injury? What'd you say it was? It's just an ankle injury. They don't really specify in college, but it's he's an done, ankle injury. It's probably a sprain or I mean it's late. In as the a season, running back, so it's could, four to six weeks that he sprained it. So Yeah, sprains a month. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's, he's done. Yeah, he's done. So Michigan's winning this weekend. Yes. Four TCU against Baylor. They're on the road. You see, you see a trap game there. Any upsets? I no. don't think. So. No. Shaking I don't. your head. No. I Baylor's agree. not. They're not. Baylor's not like team. that. See, you want to know who thought Baylor was like that? Desmond Howard. Oh, th- <laughs> this is the perfect time for this is the perfect time for us to bring up. You know how sorry Desmond Howard is as an as a college football analyst. I mean, I don't know if you guys were keeping up with early on in the season with college football, but uh, Desmond Howard was. And he had some pretty hot takes going into the season. Do you have his uh, top four pulled up? Oh, I do have it. Let me <laughs> let me uh, just uh, snag it real fast. I remember, I remember seeing it. And sickening. It's, 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 that's a great word for it. Absolutely it's sickening. sickening. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about Baylor, you know, being a joke. No chance they beat TCU. Desmond Howard, his playoff rankings, what he, what he had his final four to make the playoffs, it was... Texas A&M at the one spot who was last in their conference. They're last. They're having their worst season probably. And I, I probably under, couldn't even say today. Under and, Jimbo Fisher. In, in his career, I'd say. Yeah. In Jimbo Fisher's career. At two, he had Baylor. He had two. He had Baylor at two. He had Michigan at three, pro, which I still don't agree with, but probably the only reasonable one to put in there because he rounded it out at four with Pittsburgh. Who, <laughs> what's Pittsburgh's record right now? I mean, can we look at that? Do we have it at the top of our head what Pittsburgh's record is? Uh, I don't. Are they even in the top twenty-five? They're six and four. Yeah. I mean, 
that's not the worst thing in the world, but how does he have a job? How does he have a job still? Seriously, like because of his history, like his playing days, but like what did he think at all to like make entertainment a list like that? He's getting us no, talking, that, isn't he? Okay, but that's not <laughs> entertainment. That's like senile. Yeah, it is. That, it is senile. That it is. I mean, it's not the craziest thing in the world, but in this photo also has the Heisman favorites and Caleb Williams is third. That's not crazy. It's not crazy. At the beginning of the season. But Texas A&M, Baylor, Michigan, and Pittsburgh in the college football playoff bracket. I mean, that's Outrageous. a sin. Outrageous. That's a sin. He doesn't have one SEC team in there? He needs A&M. To, he has A&M. He has A&M. The worst team in the conference right now. Yeah. That's sorry as hell. Oh, gosh. Makes me sick. Looking at that. Yeah. I hate Desmond Howard. Yeah, Desmond Howard's a I bitch. know hate's a strong word, but. I think I hate him. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Let's move to these last couple games before we uh, get out of college football here. Uh, USC, UCLA, you touched on it a little bit. You, ha- you have a 16 in the nation upsetting him at home. Um, I don't mind that at all. I mean, Dorian, I mean, he's a good football player. Um, I don't – I me personally, I don't think it will happen because I think USC knows what they're playing for right now and they know the opportunity that's at stake for them. I don't think they blow this game, but we'll see. I mean, it's definitely going to be an entertaining one. I, w- I don't know what the spread is off the top of my head, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a one-score game by the end of this game. What do you think? you agree? Or? I think UCLA wins somewhere around like 35, 28, 38, 38, 38, 35, 38, 31. Hell yeah. Yeah. Those West Coast offenses, Caleb Williams will throw for four or five touchdowns. Mm, that's a lot. He'll throw for four. And lose? Yeah. That because, would be a game. Because to watch. UCLA's quarterback, I think, is just as good. I don't think he's as good. I think he, he's really good. He mm. might he he might not be as good as Caleb Williams. That might be a stretch, but it is a stretch. <laughs> but he's probably the second best quarterback in that conference. I mean, Caleb Williams has just over three thousand yards on the season with thirty-one touchdowns and only two interceptions. While you look at a Dorian Thompson Robinson stats, he is at a twenty three hundred, just under twenty four hundred passing yards with twenty touchdowns and four interceptions. He's a mobile guy. Look at his rushing. He stats. is mobile. He's got four hundred sixty rushing yards. But yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good stat add to pleasure. But you know, Caleb Williams has just under three hundred with six rushing touchdowns. He's a more lethal player. Yeah. I yes. just I just don't like Caleb Williams. I've never That's fair. Bought, I think I think he's a pro quarterback. I've never bought into the hype. When it's all said and done, I think he's a pro quarterback. I think he's a like Bryce Young type? Um Tua? Like who do you compare him to? Uh I think he's very tough. similar to Tua. So uh that's tough for me to say. Cause I never really was a Tua fan going into this season. Like, we have to agree, like He's he's worth more than just saying, oh, it's just because he has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle around him. Like they still have to get on the ball, but he does miss some throws. You yeah, know, yeah. Like, you know how many more touchdowns Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle would have if Tua Tagovailoa wouldn't underthrow all his fucking deep balls? A lot. Like, yeah, be a, lot. a lot more. I see it. So, I see it every week. Yeah. So I honestly don't mind that comparison now that I'm saying it. <laughs> um, let's move on to this last game. 10 in the nation, Utah, going on the road to go up against 12 in the nation, Oregon Ducks. So Oregon, like we said, they're coming off a really tough loss this past week. Doesn't have a whole lot of meaning for their conference. I mean, you never know. USC could sell the bag and something could open up for them. 
Utah, they basically have it locked. Who you like in this game? I actually like Utah. I just like Utah's. Really? I like Utah's football team. Really? I do. I think Oregon is going to lose back to back. Uh, something about Cameron Rising, huh? Your fan. Cameron is? Rising. I like their tight end, uh, Kincaid. Yeah. Saw that USC game. He had like 180 receiving yards and two touchdowns or something crazy. Uh, their defense is good. They play tough. You know, the Utes, baby, the Utes. See, like that's an okay take to have, but I think I think Oregon. You know, they had a tough game last week. I think Washington's playing obviously the best football they've been playing all season. Their offense was lethal, like I was uh, pointing to. But Bo Nix is still Bo Nix, and I think he's a lethal player. Um, they have a good run game. I mean, it seems like they have a tandem in the backfield with uh, Marquise Irving. He's got over 800 rushing yards on the season, as well as Noah Whittington. He's over 600 yards on the season. And then Bo Nix himself, he has over 500 yards. So their offense is there. I mean, maybe if I could see what this neon colors they have on their rankings. They're eighth in the nation in points scored per game. I, I think, you know, with a loss like that last week. Come back and strong. The, and they're, they're back at home. Yeah. They're back at home. I, I, yeah, yeah, like you said, I think they come back strong, and I think they get the win. I think they're just the better team, honestly. Yeah, but. I could see it going either way because the game Utah beat USC, watching them, they looked very good. And I don't think Oregon has seen a defense that's quite as good as Utah's, except for Georgia, and they only scored three points in that game. Yeah. So it's just – It'll be that game. I don't. I don't even know. That game I think doesn't they really were just. Bo Nix wasn't comfortable at all. You could see it, but I think that uh, it'll be a really good game. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be high scoring. So um, I. I mean, without a doubt, uh, Utah versus Oregon, as well as USC, UCLA. I mean, those are the games of the week. Um, there's not a whole lot of nothing crazy with the top teams in the country. Um, I don't really care about these teams at the bottom of the rankings. I mean, we're getting to the end of the year to where, like, I mean, it's college football. It's the top four, and that's it. So. I mean, these teams are kind of up there in the rankings. They can possibly influence their conference, possibly make a conference championship if some upsets happen. But those are definitely games to keep an eye on. Um, and if you guys are going to tune in, those are the games to tune into. Um, but let's move into the pros now. Let's move into the NFL. Another crazy week. Um, I don't know. Definitely one that I was not expecting personally. And it was, you know, just speaking of a few, Tom Brady, he's 2-0 since his divorce. So maybe it shows that us men are better off without the women. Uh, Justin Fields, he's had 325 rushing yards in the last two games, and yet they're still riding a three-game losing streak right now, and they fall to 3-7 and seven on the season. And while they lose to the Lions, the Lions with back-to-back -back wins for the first time this year. Saquon Barkley and the Giants, they beat the Texans, um, going up against, you know, one of the worst teams in the in the league, but Saquon now takes over as a rushing leader in the NFL at 931 yards. So that's definitely one to keep an eye on. You know, Jeff Saturday getting hired as a coach. Not a lot of people were a fan of that. He's 1-0 as a coach. Might as well call him Jeff Sunday, as all the <laughs> analysts are calling it, as they beat the Raiders on the road. The Raiders fall to 2-7. and seven. That's the second worst in the league. Um, just a couple more games I want to bring up before we get into our discussions. Um, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, um, he must have heard me say that they're one of the worst teams in, in the NFL last week. Uh, they knocked off the Cowboys at home. They snapped their five-game losing skid, um, winning that game 31-28. to The Cowboys now, they fall back to third place in the NFC East. And then lastly, in the game without both starting quarterbacks, it was Colt McCoy versus John Wolford. The Cardinals 
were able to pull out that win on the road over the Rams, 27 to 17. The Rams now fall to three and six. The Cardinals now fall to, or the Cardinals now move up to four and six. But the most important thing in that game was that Zach Ertz, tight end for the Cardinals, he's out for the year, as well as Cooper Cup, probably the best receiver in football right now. He's dealing with an ankle injury, and he just got tossed on IR as well. He's going to be out for at least four weeks. Two huge losses for both of those teams, and teams that are you know hopefully looking to get on runs to find a way to make a playoff, make the playoffs with these struggling records. Um, but let's get into the discussion now. I want to start with the Buccaneers. Like I said, they're on a two-game win streak. Tom Brady's 2-0 without Giselle in his life. Um, what does this mean for the Buccaneers? Do they still have a shot at not just making the playoffs but competing in the playoffs? I think they definitely have a shot with uh, competing in the playoffs. Just It's Tom Brady back there, man. You yeah. can never count him out. Mm-hmm. Um, they, he still has all the weapons around him and Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, uh, Leonard Fournette. Their defense is outstanding. I yeah, there's definitely still a shot that they could compete in the playoffs, and I think they're going to make the playoffs. So, I mean, yeah, I agree completely with you. I mean, they've been dealing with some injuries on the defensive side and on the offensive line front, um, and they're not getting most of these guys back anytime soon. But they still have their dominant weapons. I mean, they still have Tom Brady, obviously. They still got Mike Evans. Chris Godwin has been able to stay healthy. Um, Leonard Fournette, he has a hip injury. Um, he's probably going to be out this next week, but they're expecting him back uh, week 12. But the Buccaneers, I mean, I still think I still think they can compete for the Super Bowl, honestly. I yeah, mean, because they haven't been playing good football at all, but we look at their next five games, and it's, you know, Browns, Saints, 49ers, Bengals, Cardinals. I would say, I would say three of those games should be definite wins against the Browns, Saints, and Cardinals. I mean, they've just been playing better football than them. At 49ers, that's a tough one. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost that game. I think that's a potential playoff matchup we see down the road in the future. So definitely one to keep an eye on. And then home game against your Cincinnati Bengals. That's going to be a tough one. That'll be a fun game. The Bengals themselves, they're fighting to possibly make the playoffs right now. I mean, they're on the outside looking in at the nine seed at five and four. I mean, are you getting a little worried about your boys at all? Or, I mean, you think still a lot of weeks to go? Uh, this week at Pittsburgh is a must win. It is a must win. We can't go. Uh, we can't go zero and four in the division. It's, yeah, that would. We don't deserve to make the playoffs. We go zero and four in the division. We got to beat the Steelers this week, and uh, we got to hope uh, Jamar Chase comes back fully healthy and keeps doing what he does because we need him. You can tell he makes a difference in the offense, and yeah, he gets a lot of guys open. He draws a lot of attention away from you know T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon and. Just so op- he opens up the field for the rest. So of the they team. said they're hoping. So he's probably going to be out this week against the Steelers, um, still dealing with the injury. But they're uh, they're hopeful that he is going to return uh, not this coming week, but the week after week twelve, um, and that would be huge for them because I mean he's dealing with a hip injury, right? Yeah. And I mean the sooner they get a star like that back, the better. And yeah. they are on the outside looking in in the playoffs, and they have been struggling to win games. They're at five and four. Um, like you said, they're zero and three in their division. Um, they're two and three in the conference. They need to start getting wins, and they need to start getting them now because we're past the halfway point. Um, we're almost at the three quarter mark, if I'm not mistaken. I believe next week that's when we kind of hit it. But I mean, it's looking tough. It's looking tough. Everyone in the AFC East, they're winning games. They're all over five hundred. Um, you know, 
There's those top teams in the AFC West, Chiefs and Chargers, that are going to give them a run for their money. And the Titans in their shitty division, they're going to keep on winning games because, I mean, the teams that they'd go up against, I mean, they're not really that scary, to be honest. It's a, it'll, They have a dominant run game to go with it. So Yeah, it'll be interesting because, you know, the Bengals, they still got to play the Patriots. Yeah. They still got to play the Titans. And those are two teams in front of them right now. Obviously, the Titans are winning their division, so... But the pay- they are. I was wrong about that the pay- early in the year. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. But the uh, the Patriots are. We need to win that game especially, and we we just got to win our divisional games. You know, we sh- we got to beat the Browns next time we play them. We got to beat the Steelers, and we got to beat the Ravens. We got to go three and three. We got to go five hundred in the division. If we do that, I th- think we're gonna. That make sets the you guys up fantastically if you guys win yeah. out in the division. I yeah. mean, I still don't know. I mean. Granted, it's crazy. You guys are only a game back in the division. If the Ravens find a way to, you know, keep on losing games. We're in the playoffs. Well, yeah, we get the sure. four, four spot. I mean, but what, what's crazy right now in the AFC is that, you know, you see the Miami Dolphins at the two spot at seven and three, and then you look at the wild card, and the five, six, and seven are taken over by the AFC East completely. And that's wild in my eyes. I mean, I can't even believe it. But they're all winning games, and they're all you know they're playing great football. Yeah, they're uh, they're, um, they're winning in their division. The Jets beat the Bills. The uh, Dolphins beat the Bills. So those teams are just winning big divisional games, and it's yeah. paying off for them in the playoff race. Bills are kind of having those same problems that the Bengals are having right now. I mean, they're zero and two in their division. But I mean, let's talk about let's talk about this Bills Vikings game that happened this last week. I wanted to leave a segment for this game specifically. I mean, this was pro- this was probably game of the year. Right? Yeah. I mean, you gotta agree with that game. I mean, let me let me give you the rundown of what happened at the end of this game. I mean, Vikings were down four. They were down four driving. They needed points. It was a third and long. Kirk Cousins lost it up to Justin Jefferson. He probably makes the catch of the year, one of the best catches of all time. They keep driving on that um on that drive. It's third and goal. They got a screen pass to Dalvin. He drops it. He sold that completely. People oh, yeah. didn't think it was that big of a deal because it was still fourth and short. They go with the QB sneak. Kirk gets stopped. Next thing you know, the Bills got it back. They look. They just got to squeak out, get a first down, and it's over. First and goal inside their own one. Josh Allen fumbles in the end zone. Vikings get the ball. They take the lead, but they still left time for Josh Allen, and it led him to drive back down the field, get Tyler Baskick field goal, sent it in overtime. I bet you could guess who won the coin toss. It wasn't the Buffalo Bills like always. <laughs> the Vikings got the ball. They got stuffed at the goal line, though. They settled for three, and it led Josh Allen. It gave him a chance to go in the game like he doesn't get often, and he drove him down, got into the red zone, and then it was another timely interception for Josh Allen to end the game. And it's really something that it's creating a topic of conversation for Josh Allen and these Bills. As Josh Allen leads the league in interceptions currently, he has six in the last three games now, and the Bills are now on a two-game lose streak as they fall to third in their division, and that's six and three. I mean, do you think this is a problem for the Bills at all, like going into the rest of the year? Or, you know, you think it's just a little slump they got to go to before they go on their championship contention run? Yeah. You know, uh, we talk very highly of Josh Allen. and Very. Uh, very. These past three weeks, he just hasn't looked the same as he did towards the end of last year and the beginning of this season. I think he can turn it around. He just makes some he makes some dumb throws. He really does. 
And he makes, he does, he makes dumb throws and he makes, some of his passes are inaccurate, which lead them to get intercepted. I think they can fix this or he can fix this. He's also dealing with that elbow injury. I don't know how much that's playing a part. And he said he was fine. Yeah. He doesn't look, he doesn't look fine. So (laughs) we'll see, but it's just, it's crazy to look at this and see the bills as the sixth spot in the playoffs. Cause could you imagine being number uh, number two in the playoffs and having to play the Bills in the wild yeah. card? I mean, it's scary. That would suck ass. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> crazy, but it's a true possibility. You yeah, know? Like, it really is. With the way their division is playing right now, I mean, the Dolphins—they're a fantastic team. They're gonna be—they're gonna be tough to beat in the playoffs. I don't care who they play; they're gonna be tough to beat because their offense can compete with anybody. And as long as they're putting up, you know, four or five touchdowns a game like they always do, they're gonna be able to beat anybody any given night in the NFL. So that's going to be very interesting to play out. But for the Bills' standpoint, I honestly think they're okay. Um, And I know you agree, but I don't think Josh Allen's honestly playing terrible football either. I mean, right before we came over to do this podcast, they said Josh Allen only has a 14% inaccurate rate. like, And that's still the highest in the league. Looking at his statistics right now, he's also third in the league in passing yards at 2,700 passing yards. And their offense is lethal. I mean, I don't know exactly how many points a game they're putting up. I have, uh, I mean, but they have a total of 250, and that's right behind the Dolphins. That is two points behind the Dolphins. And they've played, they've played a game less than the Dolphins right now because um, the Dolphins have yet to have their bye week. They're serving it this week. So they're still playing great football. They've only given up 150 points a game this – or 150 points total this season. That's – the second lowest in the AFC behind the poor, poorest Denver Broncos. And if it wasn't for their shitty offense, the Denver Broncos would be a completely different ball club. But so the Bills are doing everything right. They just seem, you know, those timely interceptions, those timely wrong plays, you know, that fumble in the end zone, like we said, I think it's just costing them. But when I look at it, I think this is just a road that a championship team's got to go through. Like, I feel like when I see champions at the end of the year, they're not having a dominant 17, 16, and 1 type season going into the playoffs, you know? Like, when the Buccaneers won it with their first season with Tom Brady, I mean, they had a struggle. They struggled that season in the regular season. And it really took them until like week 11, week 12, even week 13 to get going before they won that championship. I mean, the Los Angeles Rams, they were good last year, but I mean, no one knew exactly how good they were in a tough NFC and they just happened to prove their ground in the, in the playoffs. And I think the bills are kind of going through that path right now. Like everyone knows exactly how good they are. They're just, you know, going through a little ups and downs, some aches and pains because they've been dealing with injuries all over the place as well on offense and defense. I'm very interested to see how it plays out. They're in that tough division. Um, but I think they'll be okay. And I still got them winning the Super Bowl this year. Um, I think they figure it out. And I, I personally think they're the best team in, the, in football. They're the best team in the NFL. If the Bills make the playoffs, they're, they definitely are my favorites. It's not an if. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. It's just what seed they are. Yeah. They're still my favorites to win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's tough. Despite because... the loss against the Commanders, the Eagles are still my favorites in the NFC. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think that'd be an awesome Super Bowl. That'd be, I, I, that'd be crazy. I think it'd be fantastic as well. I mean, I think the playoffs in general are going to be Yeah, great. they're going to be really good this like, year. I mean, are you kidding me? We're looking at it right now. Like, in the AFC, the Chiefs are a threat. The Dolphins are a threat. 
Um, the Bills are a threat. I totally believe the Ravens are still a threat. Um, I mean, they're only coming off their bye week, so nothing's changed. Um, Lamar Jackson's him. Yeah. He's him. So if their defense can find a way to keep doing what they're doing, getting to the quarterback, getting timely turnovers, they're as big of a threat as anybody, in my opinion. And then you still got, you know, the rest of AFC East, the New York Jets, New England Patriots. I think the Patriots fall out of it by the time the playoffs actually happen. They will. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets sneak in, though. That would not surprise me either. Well, right now they have a great record, and they have, you know, they're one game they behind. They are saying that 6-3. Yeah, three. they're... They're one game out of the first place in the game out of leading the division. Yeah. You know, if they get a win and the Dolphins lose, they're they're first. So it's the AFC is really interesting this year because, you know, you have teams like the Chargers and the Bengals that are not even in the playoffs. And I think those teams are both great, you know? I could agree. So it's 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 really interesting because, you know, on the other side, your eight is the commanders and your nine is the Packers. And I think the Chargers and the Bengals beat both those teams right now. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, pretty pretty dominate. easily. Yeah, I think they dominate those games. So it's just the AFC is very interesting and it's very competitive this year. So the playoffs will be they'll be really fun. The NFC watch. is a little more top heavy in my opinion. They got the eight and one Eagles. They struggled. Uh, they struggled on Monday Night Football. Got their first loss of the season. You got the eight and one Vikings. They keep finding ways to get wins, and it happened again against the Bills. They were down 17 around the end of the third quarter. Not a lot of time left, and yet they still found a way to win that game. Um, you got the Buccaneers, who have the players, who have the you know the crew around Brady to compete in the playoffs. And then we're not even talking about the Dallas Cowboys, the 49ers, who I think is one of the biggest threats, and even the New York Giants. I mean, they're, still, they're sitting here at 7-2. and two. So um, while I don't think they can compete to make a Super Bowl, they're probably going to be in the playoffs when it's all said and done. Giants? Yeah. I agree. I, just, I agree. Unless, you know, I unless mean, they lose. In? I mean, that can lead me right into my next question as we, uh, you know, start to finish up with the NFL slate. But, you know, Packers, big win this last week. Um, I mean, going up against the Cowboys, no one was expecting it. I'm pretty sure they were double-digit dogs. They were down 14 points in the second half. They fourth didn't, quarter. Was it, yeah, was it the they, fourth quarter? They, 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 they yeah, covered they were 14 down, they were down 14 the, points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It was really impressive to see Aaron Rodgers, you know, not waver like he has been all season. Their offense has been non-existent. They finally came to life. And I really think it was because they were going up against their former head coach, Mike McCarthy. I think it brought a little bit of a fire in Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the crew. And they were able to get the win. And now here they are sitting at the ninth spot in the NFC at four and six. They're not even they're not out of playoff contention at all. I mean, they got the Titans this week. And then they got the Eagles the week after. That's probably a loss. But then to end the year, I mean, you got the Bears, the Rams, the Dolphins, the Vikings, and the Lions. I mean, there's a lot of winnable games there. Can we see the Packers, you know, make a late season playoff push? We could. I don't I don't want to see the Packers get in the playoffs, man. No? I don't think they'll they're not like I don't want to watch a Packers playoff game. Like, they're not entertaining to watch. See, like, that's where I'm going to disagree with you. You want to know why? You I know do. my answer. Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I yeah. mean, he, <laughs> yes, he does have the one Super Bowl against Steelers in 2010, but, I mean, he's just had such a long career. It's such a dominant career to where I feel like, you know, like, I feel like he should be getting more than that. He should have had more than that by now. Oh, I agree. And, you know, how crazy, how crazy of a story would it be in a year like this where they have nothing going for him at all. He lost his superstar weapon in Devontae Adams. It seems like all hope has been lost. 
and then they make a late playoff push, you know? Because what if they find a way to make the playoffs and they go up against the Seahawks in the first round? Or even, you know, the Vikings, who are a good team, but they're beatable. They're beatable. They're beatable. You know, it's very interesting to see because I don't think, you know, I'll continue to say it. I don't think there's one, like, dominant team in the NFC like there are in the AFC, in my opinion, like there are the Bills and the Chiefs. Like, I love the Eagles. I think they're great on both sides of the football. I'll continue to, you know, say Nick Sirianni, coach of the year. I think I think he should be coach of the year. Just the job he does is absolutely tremendous. Yeah. I think the 49ers are the biggest threat in the NFC. I just think with the game manager, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, getting Christian McCaffrey, still having Elijah Mitchell back on that roster, you have George Kittle, you have Debo Samuel, you have Brandon Ayuk. You have that dominant defense on all assets, on the front seven and in the secondary. I mean, they're just so good on all parts of the football, and we're not even talking about Kyle Shanahan as their head coach. I mean, they have exactly what you need to make not just the playoffs but a Super Bowl run. Yeah. And I th- I think they make the Super Bowl run this year. I think my three biggest contenders in the a- in the NFC are the Eagles, the um, the 49ers, and the Buccaneers. And maybe I'm sliding the Vikings. Maybe I'm sliding the Seahawks. Maybe I'm sliding the Cowboys. I don't think but, you're sliding the Seahawks. I don't. I don't, Listen, think, I, I don't think I'm sliding the Seahawks. They're a but, good team, but, but the Vikings and the Cowboys, I feel bad to say it because they've been playing tremendous football. They have. They have. Yeah, the Seahawks aren't going to win a Super Bowl with Geno Smith. I hate to say it. He's doing fine in the regular season. He's doing great in the regular season, actually. But they're not going to win a Super Bowl with him. He just doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't have it. Yeah. Um, and the Cowboys, man, I'm glad you brought them up, but I think that they're they're just so inconsistent because, yeah. you know, that game on Sunday against the Packers, that's a must win, you yeah. know? That's yeah. not a game you should lose to a 3-6 and six Packers team that has been playing like one of the they worst teams the in road. the NFL. They were on the road. They on the road. It was a Packers cool game. Were playing, but they had a little more meaning in that game than yeah. what they normally do going up against Mike McCarthy. Yeah. And, I, I mean, obviously it was a huge difference maker. I mean, I like the Cowboys. I do. They got weapons. Tony Pollard's been playing absolutely fantastic for them. And, I mean, CeeDee Lamb, he's starting to play better. Some people are starting to discredit, you know, Dak Prescott a little bit, saying he needs to start playing a little better. He needs to start picking up um, his style of play. But I don't know. I it's hard, to, it's hard to speak of the Cowboys because they're a fantastic ball club, yet I don't think they're, like, at that point yet to where they can compete for a Super Bowl. I agree. If that makes any sense. No, I agree. I think I think their game planning needs to go in a little better. I think they need to figure out their kinks uh, with Micah Parsons a little bit. I think they're using him. While, yes, he can do literally anything you ask of him on the defensive side of the football, I think where he's best is uh, being a, pa- a pass rusher and yeah. going after the quarterback. Absolutely. And I think why they lost that game last week is because he wasn't really doing that against the Packers. He was playing in coverage most of the time. Yeah. And – you know, while he can still make an effect, they were struggling to get to the quarterback this past weekend, and I think it's because of what they were choosing to do with their weapons, and I think they need to fix that. The last thing I want to talk about is very small. Um, we're low-key Commanders fans just because. But, uh, you know, Commanders knocked off the Eagles on Monday Night Football. Taylor Heineke only had five and a half fantasy points, yet, you know, he's still – stealing the Vikings' ways, putting on all the chains on the plane back home. And they're, you know, they're loving Heineke. So as Carson Wentz, he's not expected to return this week. He is expected to return eventually in these next couple weeks. 
Do you think uh, Ron Rivera and the commanders, do you think they should stick with Heineke, ride him out, or you think they should go back to the vet and Carson Wentz? I don't think you can bench Heineke right now after, you know, he's he's been winning them games, you know. He looked good against the Eagles, you know. Yeah. He got he got his weapons the ball. Terry McLaurin had eight receptions for 128 yards against that Eagles secondary. That's yeah. spectacular. Yeah, it is. So it's – I don't think you can – bench him again and if they do Heineke needs to get out of Washington because he could start on a lot of football teams right now yeah like what Panthers uh Falcons I don't know Marcus Mariota's not playing that bad he's not playing that bad but I think that team could be better with a better quarterback debate I agree he could could definitely start in Carolina he could start over Davis Mills I think he could start over Andy Dalton okay that's fine I think he could he could start over Kenny Pickett so it's just no, I'm probably taking the rookie in that one. Are you? Yeah. I just I like Heineke. I think he plays well. He brings an energy to the team that Wentz doesn't bring. He came out of the XFL, right? Uh-huh. Heineke? Yeah. Yeah. So he's just very unconventional tr- uh road yeah. uh, to the NFL. And I yeah, see. I like Heineke. You know, he's he's put in the work and he's starting in the NFL as ultimate goal. So I'd like them to I'd like them to stick with Heineke and, you know, if he fucks up and has 40 passing yards and three interceptions in the first half of a game, you throw Wentz in there. Yeah. So nah, I'm with it. That's my take on it. You keep Heineke in there until he gives you a reason not to leave him in there. I'm with that completely. The last thing I do want to touch on in the NFL, um, it's these key matchups that we got going into the game, and I want to I wanna do some game picks for our uh, listeners out there. Um, the first one is, you know, six and three Titans traveling to Green Bay, the four and six Packers. Uh, you think the Titans can win that one on the road, or you think the Packers uh, start heating up? I think the Titans can win that one. I think Derrick Henry needs to have a big day, which normally— It's a Thursday night football game, by the way. Ooh. Aaron Rodgers is a little better on primetime than most QBs. It'll be interesting. Is Tannehill going to play? He's been— Tannehill. Uh, he's been on Tannehill and off. Tannehill will so. play, from my knowledge. He's playing. Okay. So, I think I'm going to take the Titans— both teams, though, just have, you know, they have a good running back, and then everybody else is just not that great around them. Yeah. The only difference is the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. But I think the Titans' defense is a little better. So I'm taking the Packers in that game. Are you? I think they I think they start to heat up. I don't, I don't I hate think that, that pick. Game over the, I don't hate that pick. I just think, you know, <laughs> that game over the weekend, they've been waiting for a game like that to get their offense going. And their offense was rolling against a tough Cowboys defense. And if they can play well against a team like that, I think they can play well against anybody. Now they're on prime time. They're at home. Rodgers has a chance to get his team back in the mix, and you know he's playing for victories week in and week out. I, I got the Packers in that game. Okay. Um, big division matchup, um, six and three Jets. They're traveling to New England to take on the Patriots. Um, what do you think in a game like that? It's a really interesting game. And I don't know if you Not remember, division. but – the Jets did lose at home to the Patriots just a few weeks ago. Okay. I think I'm going to take the – I think I'm taking the Jets. Yeah. Give me I'm the Jets at 7-3. and three. I'm with you on that. Never thought I'd be saying that this year, but their defense is It's legit. legit. Yeah. <laughs> their defense is legit. Yeah. And, you know, I just – I don't I don't like Mac Jones. I don't either. So I don't, I I don't just, think the I don't think the Patriots are anything special. I think yeah. they got a great coaching staff, and, you know, they find a way to – Get wins, but yeah, that's really all I have to say yeah. about that. Third game: Cowboys at Vikings. Cowboys are six and three. Vikings are red hot at eight and one. What you think? Cowboys that's, are a one and a half point favorite in this game. That's a really good game. Vikings yeah, it's are a at fantastic home. Fantastic game. 
Vikings are at home. It's in uh, Minneapolis. Yep. I think the Vikings are going to win. Um, fuck. I don't know if I do. That's a really tough game because, yeah, give me the Vikings. Yeah? I think they are they have enough uh, versatility, versatility on offense to uh, beat teams in multiple different ways. You know, they got Dalvin Cook running the ball. And you have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne. You have all those guys, and I think their offense is just going to be a little too much. We because Cowboys heavily rely on their defense because their offense isn't that great. They don't score a ton of points. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say that. I mean, looking at their points for, I mean, they score a good amount of points. I'm going into this podcast. I was going to be with you taking the Vikings. But something, you know, with me right now makes me feel like, you know, the Cowboys need this game. You know, after a tough loss last week. They do. Um, on the road. Um, they are down at 6-3. and three. You know, the NFC is looking tough. You know, they got guys on their tail. They got the 49ers right there. Packers are only a couple games behind. I think this is a game the Cowboys need. And I think there's a reason why they're a point and a half favorite in Vegas's eyes. I think it's a fantastic ball game, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Cowboys in this game. Okay. I think they bounce back. Your Cincinnati Bengals, again, on the road against Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, huge division game. Huge. Can't go on 4 This can make or break their season yeah. right here. Uh, I touched on it earlier. It's a must win. Can't go 0-4 in the division. It's in Pittsburgh, but we already lost to them once this season. I don't think Four we're going to lose. I don't think we're going to lose twice, so give me the Bengals. All right. I'm with you on that. I just, you know, they're the better team. They are. No Jamar, don't matter. I think they get it done. I think TJ Watt gets a couple sacks on you guys. Probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But I think, you, I think you guys prevail. It might be a lower scoring game, so I'd look at the under in that game. Yeah. But, you know, it's already a little low because yeah. the snow's going to be coming in this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, defense. I, I don't have it on here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up really fast. The Browns-Bills game, they're supposed to get six feet of snow in Buffalo on Sunday. Do you know that? I did not. Six feet? Six feet. That's I insane. Swear. That's six insane. Feet. That game won't play if they get six feet. I, I don't know where they relocate <laughs> to or whatever, but you know how much fun that game would be to watch? Yeah, and snow game? Yeah. yeah that'd yeah. be fucking awesome. I mean, so for sure. I've, I mean, no matter what, I still got the Bills in that game. I think they, you know, find a way to win. Um, Browns may be sneaky, though, because they got the run game, you know, in a game like do. that. Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in the NFL. Definitely a game to keep an eye on. Uh, Browns are plus eight in that game. I'd probably take that spread, honestly. I think it's going to be a close game in weather like that. But, yeah, I'll keep that quick. Um, The last game I wanted to talk about, um, it's Sunday night football. It's in L.A. It's the 7-2 and two Chiefs going up against the struggling and injured 5-4 and four Chargers. What do you think in that game? Um, Chargers are, are a five-and-a-half-point dog. So you said injured Chargers. I'm guessing Keenan Allen and Mike Will are both still out. Um, so we do not know exactly. Uh, Keenan Allen is currently questionable okay. in that game. And Mike Williams, I believe he's returning this week, but it also says he is questionable. But I mean, they're just, you know, they're, they're loaded. Beat up. Yeah. They're, they're, they're beat up. I mean, I'm just looking at this. I mean, obviously, uh, Agbanya, is that how you say his last name? Their so. DT. Yeah. Um, he's out for the year. That's a huge loss for them. Um, they're already missing. Um, Joey Bosa, who's on the IR right now, he's expected to return in a couple weeks. Um, Gerald Everett, he just got injured. That's their starting tight end. Um, Jalen Guyton, he's on the IR, ACL injury. I mean, all across the board, I could keep going down the line. They're banged up. Um, so what do you think in this game? You think 
Think they can sneak them at home or? No, nah, I don't. It's a Chiefs game. I don't think the Chargers are going to sneak them. If I'm being honest. No. No, I think it's a Chiefs win. I think it's a. I wouldn't say they're going to do it pretty handedly, but I just I don't think that the Chargers are going to keep up with them on the scoreboard. Yeah, I mean, I could I could probably agree with you. Another stat that I look at and it's really eye popping. Well, I mean, it's obvious that the Chiefs they have Patrick Mahomes, so they can score points as fast as anybody else in the league. But their night games, they're four zero this season. The, the Chargers, Chief? they're sitting at one and two. Yeah, on the, night games. The first season. time the Chargers and the Chiefs played, it was a Thursday night game, right? Yep. Chiefs won. Yep. And uh, yeah, the Chiefs won on the. Uh, but if the Chargers lose this game and they fall to five hundred, you know, I would love that for the for, Bengals yeah, playoff sake. Bengals fan standpoint. Yeah, I'm rooting for the Chiefs because I think they're going to make the playoffs no matter what. So. Um, so you're you're taking the Chiefs in that game? I am. Chargers um, have too many injuries. I'm okay with taking uh I'm okay with taking Chiefs money line, but with the spread, I'm gonna go ahead and take the Chargers. I think it's gonna be a great game. Was it, you say it was eight point spread? Uh five and a half. Five and a half. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's an interesting spread for that Chargers, game. Chargers, Justin Herbert, he's still a fantastic player. Yeah. I mean, the way he was slinging it last week, I mean it's stupid. Yeah, he's he a, he's a dog. Not so it'll be an interesting one. Um, definitely one of the games of the week. Um, anything else you want to touch on, or should we move to the should we move to hoops to finish out the pod? Let's move to hoops. Let's move to hoops. So talk about us. Uh, talk about uh, some Sunday scaries going around the NBA this past weekend. As we were waiting to see our first fifty point performance out in the NBA, and we had two of them on Sunday while the pro football was going on. Um, the first one was Darius Garland. No Donovan Mitchell for the Cleveland Cavaliers. On Sunday, I, it did matter, but it didn't matter because Darius Garland had 51, two rebounds, six assists. He he made 10 three-pointers, shooting 15 of them. Uh, but it didn't matter because they fell short at home to the Timberwolves, 129 to 124. The Cavs are now riding a four-game losing streak after that game as they have taken losses from the L.A. Clippers, um, Sacramento Kings, Golden State Warriors, and now the Timberwolves. I don't think there's anything the Cavs need to worry about. I mean, team goes, teams go on stretches all the time in pro hoops. Um, I mean, hell of a game from Darius Garland's standpoint. I mean, he absolutely showed out in that game. But I still think the Cavs are fine. I mean, they're one of the most dominant forces in the Eastern Conference. And, I mean, they'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Lots um, of, it's, you know, we're, what are we, 15 games into the regular season? Mm-hmm. Got sixty left. A lot, <laughs> lot, lot of hoops to be played. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about the Cavs. They'll be fine. Yeah. You know, they still have a great backcourt. Um, great front court as well. Yeah, great front court. It's yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, they're, they're look, on a four game losing yeah, streak. They're looking good. They'll be okay. They, they still look really good. The other big fifty point performance was uh, from uh, one of the best bigs in the league, Joe L. Embiid. Uh, the Sixers were uh, without James Harden in their matchup against the Jazz on Sunday. He had a, probably one of the best performances I've ever witnessed. Yeah, he's gonna. That's gonna be fifty nine points, eleven rebounds, eight assists, and seven blocks to tag along to that performance. Um, like I said, it was a game without James Harden. They moved to three and zero without James Harden, and their record now moves up, and they're back to five hundred, and they're sitting in that eight spot in the Eastern Conference. Philly, you know, they're they're going to be fine as well. Um, I don't know where they stand in the East. The East is really tough right now. You know, there's a long season ahead. Yeah, they're uh, If Joel Embiid's playing MVP-level basketball night in and night out, he is just absolutely ridiculous. 
Um, I mean, he's averaging over 32 a game. He's one of the best players in the league right now. And we'll see how he keeps playing on that standpoint. Um, James Harden, he's expected to return December 2nd. So that'll bring another little shift to the Philadelphia squad. But yeah, what you think? I mean, they beat the Jazz. The Jazz have been playing some interesting basketball last night. They just lost their first home game of the season. They're finally going on a little losing streak as I've now lost three straight. Um, you think this is the beginning of a fallout for the Jazz, or is it too early to tell? I mean, I've always, even when they were, you know, eight and one, whatever they were, I didn't. I knew the Jazz weren't going to keep that up with the roster they have because you know you heard KD talking about his roster. Yeah, the Jazz we'll roster is that. The Sorry, I'm jumping ahead, but I think the Jazz lineup is worse than that lineup, or you know, about the same. And um, I mean, they don't have Kevin Durant, so yeah. let's say it's a little worse. Yeah, but they still have a lot of great players. So I just I never thought the Jazz were going to keep it going. You know, I never thought they were going to win 50 games this year. I don't think they're going to win 50 games this year. No. Yeah, they'll that's, you know that's they'll, a tough. That's a uh, no. They'll finish around. It's hard to win 50 yeah. games. Great teams win 50. Yeah, games. I think they'll finish around 500. Yeah, you know, that's fair. 40, think, 41 and 41. I think they can still. <laughs> I think they can still compete for the plan. Honestly, oh, I because, agree. I mean, Will Hardy's shown everything I've needed to see. I mean, I'm already a fan of him. Yeah. Um, but they're well coached, and I mean, the, with the way the West is looking right now, I think they can compete for a plan. Yeah, and even that loss to the Sixers, you know, that Sixers roster yeah, is a just good loss. Yeah, it's a great loss with Joel Embiid having 59 points and damn near a quadruple double. It's I don't know, it's uh I think that I think the Jazz are going to be fine. I think they can definitely make a play-in game. I think the Sixers are going to start winning a little more games than they are losing. Um, they're going to start picking it up. Them being that, that roster, is not that stand. roster is just unbelievable. Even with James Harden out, that roster is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean Tyrese Maxey, he's a Tobias future. Harris. He's a future All Star. Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, like yeah, Joel, Joel Embiid. Embiid like, I mean <laughs> Matisse Thybul, he's a big time defender for them. Uh, Montrez Harrell off the bench, that's a huge big man off the bench for them for when they don't have Joel Embiid in the game. Yeah, they're going to be okay. Um, they're going to figure it out. Um, let's before I do uh, have a big talk about my boys. It's not that big, but how about the statement that Kevin Durant's been making um, over the last twenty four hours? I'm going to get to this quote here so I don't misquote him, but in quote, he said, looking at our starting lineup, Edmund Summer, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Claxton, and me, it's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? You expect us to win because I'm out there. I mean, what does this mean for the Brooklyn Nets roster and for them as a franchise? I mean, they've already been going through oh so much much with the Ben Simmons drama, the Kyrie drama, Steve Nash is out of there. I mean, it just adds to the load for them. Yeah. I mean, they, they already had negative chemistry with the whole Kyrie incident. He threw in the no disrespect, Yeah, but it was all that was very disrespectful to he knew his exactly teammates. What he was doing. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I think the Nets are going to have a horrible year again. Yeah. After this year, they're going to move their stars and they're going to have a rebuild. That's my opinion. I actually agree with your opinion. I think they still. I think they make the plan. I think they lose in the plan. I think they get upset, and I think they move KD. I don't know how many years they're he has left KD. on his deal, but I think they blow it up. I think they move Kyrie too. They got some. They got some draft picks in stock from um, James Harden. And, from James Harden. Yeah, I um, think. I think they move on from it. Yeah, they. That's really all I want to talk about for the. 
for the yeah. Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. I'm not one, a fan of that. One last thing is you can just watch them on TV. Last night they gave 154 points. To the Sacramento Kings. So it's... 153. You know, it, yeah. it's not like they're Still playing well and losing games. They're playing awful, and, like, they're not winning at all. Like, I just don't see it turning around for them right now. Obviously, they have KD and Kyrie. But, you know, Ben Simmons isn't what they thought he was going to be. Yeah, not so, at all. They're frustrated with him. Yeah. But, you know, moving past the Nets, and let's actually talk about the Sacramento Kings, who just stomped Brooklyn last night. Um, they're riding a four-game win streak. They've won seven of the last nine. People have kind of been sleeping on the Sacramento Kings to go in this season. They have a decent roster. And with the way you look at it, Kevin Huerta shooting has one of the best uh, three-point percentages in the league right now. And they got him from Excuse uh, Atlanta. They got him from Atlanta yeah. in a deal that wasn't really that big for them. But, I mean, you have De'Aaron Fox, who's he's a future all-star. He's averaging twenty, almost 25 points a game as well as six and a half assists. A steal and a half. You got Demonis Sabonis in the deal you made with the Pacers last year. He's playing terrific basketball. He's averaging 18 points, 11 rebounds, and six and a half assists. I mean, he's been playing like an all-star, honestly. I mean, I, I love to see Sabonis playing well because last year when they made the move, he wasn't really playing well for the Kings. People he wasn't didn't, playing great. People didn't know if it was going to work out. And this year, watching the game last night especially, him, De'Aaron Fox, uh, who was it? Terrence Ross had like 30 points last night out of nowhere. Terrence Ross? Or I think. No, nah, you're thinking of Terrence Davis. Terrence Davis. Yeah. 30 points you're last night. Of Terrence Davis. You know, I wasn't going through because he's been in the league a few years. I was, I was like, I mean, obviously it's a season high, but that's probably a career high for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's just been a career role player. So, I mean, it's definitely exciting to see. But talking about the Kings and the rest of the roster – you have De'Aaron Fox. You have Sabonis. You have the rookie Keegan Murray. You have the vet in Harrison Barnes. Um, Kevin Huerta, huge addition for them. Uh, Malik Monk, he's a great role player. Yeah. I mean, they have a decent team, and they're currently, you know, second in the NBA in points per game at uh, just under 120. And they're also second in the league in shooting percentage at 49%, um, as well as fifth in the league in three point field goals and assists per game. So they're playing fantastic basketball. And, uh, can the can the Kings make a push for a potential playoff? I mean, it's early in the year, yes. But we're 15 games in, and they're playing tremendous basketball as they sit a game over 500. I think they could definitely make a push to get in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't think I still, just like just like the NFL, same in the NBA, I don't think the West is all that, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, the West and the NBA is just like the NFC and the NFL. Yeah, and it's just like they're they're top heavy. You're I don't know. I'd say it's even worse, honestly. Worse? I think that I think uh, the NFC and the NFL has like those still like those scary teams. Like you oh, don't yeah. want to see them in the Super Bowl. You know, there's a couple teams like that. But the, like me as a Celtics fan, as I begin to move over to Boston, I'm not afraid of anyone. In the Western no, if you make it to the season. NBA championship in the I, East. I think whoever I, comes out of the East wins the NBA championship. I agree. Season. I think we've said that, and I'm going to continue to say that. Um, but how about my Boston Celtics, man? They take over the best record in the NBA. They're sitting at 11-3. and three. They lead the league in points per game. Um, they're on a seven-game win streak, like I said. Jason Tatum's having a career year, averaging 32 points per game. Uh, Jalen Brown, also 13th in the league, averaging 25 and uh, just the other night, Tatum became the new betting favorite to win MVP. And they're doing all of this without our starting center, Robert Williams III. I mean, we're the best team in the league. 
the best team in the league. We've also had Ma- Malcolm Brogdon out for about a week. Um, Jalen Brown's missed a couple games. Marcus Smart's going to be out tonight against Atlanta. You want to know who I think our X Factor is? I mean, right now, when it comes to playoff time, we'll talk a little bit. You're not going to say PP, are you? Derek White. Okay, good. good. Derek White. <laughs> Off the bench, he's been playing some fantastic hoops because he started the season in our starting unit at the two spot as we were playing a little smaller, putting Jalen at three, JB at the four, Al at the five. But he's shooting over 40% on the year right now, as well as, you know, his defense has been underrated at times. I mean, he's playing absolutely fantastic defense. And, you know, it brings that, you know, that life to our team to where, like, we're winning games. Granted, it's just a regular season. Yes, they're not the best teams, you know, like the Thunder and like other teams such as, you know, Knicks. I can keep going on, but whatever. But we're winning games that last season we would not win because, you know, we're struggling to shoot the ball. The other team's dominating shooting the ball. And, you know, we we would say, okay, it's just not our night. We wouldn't get the win. But this season, you know, like that Thunder game, especially a few days ago, like we were not playing good basketball at all in that game. We really weren't. But we were still finding ways, finding ways to get O boards, finding ways to get to the free throw line, and finding ways to keep us in the game. And that is not something that I would normally see from a Celtics team last season. You know, ex- with a Jason Tatum struggling to shoot the ball, he probably had his worst shooting night of the season a few nights ago against the Thunder, and they still pulled it out and got the win. So it's very promising to see. Um, Joe Mazzulla has been doing an absolutely outstanding job picking up right where Ime Udoka left off. And I got the Celtics winning the chip this year. I mean, I'm going to say it week in and week out. If you guys want to win some money, Jason Tatum for MVP, Boston Celtics for the chip. And I mean, I'm going to say it right now. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast yet. You know, my few, what I think the NBA finals this year, it's the Boston Celtics against the Memphis Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies take that step this season I don't think there's anyone in the Western Conference that can beat them. I think, you know, I thought it was the Clippers and I thought it was the Warriors and both teams are struggling right now. Um, Steve Kerr doesn't sound too promising when he talks about his crew. And, I mean, I don't really know what to expect from the L.A. Clippers right now. I really don't. They don't play good ball. John Wall, you know, he doesn't even start for them. They start Reggie. He's not what I thought he was, but he's still a good role player. You can't expect a lot from a guy like that at the end of his career. Um you know, Kawhi is like a part-time employee for the Kawhi's Clippers. Kawhi's a part-time <laughs> employee right now for uh, the L.A. Clippers. But, I mean, I'll just continue to talk about how, you know, Jason Tatum is him. Yeah, I want to go. He is him. I, th- I, think he, I think he competes for MVP this year. Whether he wins it or not, I don't know. I don't even really care, honestly, because I know him as a person and the team as a whole. They have bigger goals, and it's, you know, to get back to the finals. So, one thing I want to say about the uh, the Celtics, you're actually gonna you're yeah. gonna you're gonna like this. It's it's positive. It's a positive it statement. Should be. I don't see what should be negative about them right now. I mean, they are own two against the Cavs. <laughs> see, but that see, but that's why I'm perfect. No, hold on, I was kidding. Let me say let me say what I actually Go wanted ahead. to say. I have a fantastic so response for that. Watching comment. watching that Thunder game the other night, the Celtics play so much better when Marcus Smart is playing well offensively because yep. you know he's going to show up on the defense defensive end but when he shows up offensively and he's aggressive finishing at the rim he's hitting his shots he's hitting open threes the celtics are unstoppable in my opinion with jason tatum marcus smart jalen brown at your one two and three all of it without robert williams right now but yeah marcus smart's playing some fantastic basketball i mean his 
his uh, points per games down to uh, down from what it normally is. But I, I think his vision and his play as a playmaker has really taken it to another level this season. Yeah, he looks. I mean, he looks like more of a vet. You know, he, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't look like a young guy anymore. He's finally he, stepped into that vet role. Yeah, I agree completely. Just, I mean, the way he communicates with the team, the way he's able to see the entire floor, see all five guys, all ten guys, really, on the floor at all times. It's been impressive. But, you know, before we, uh, you know, round out this podcast and uh, get to an end, it is interesting. We we are 0-2 against the Cleveland Cavaliers in the regular season right now. We're 11-3, and and two of the losses are to the Cavs. The other one being to the Bulls, but that, you know, that that's uh, nor here or there. But... I guess what you're gonna say. You know, all the all those Cavs fans who are talking about how the Cavs match up well against us, they have our number. Donovan Mitchell's that piece they needed to get over the top. Um, they haven't gone up against us fully With, healthy yet. Yeah, I was gonna and say And while they while their advantage against us is uh, you know, inside the paint, on the defensive side, protecting the rim, um, just wait till we get Robert Williams back. Cause he's actually he's a hundred percent going to cancel out everything that Jared Allen and Evan Mobley do for that team to what does beat us on that end. Because Donovan, when we went to that game over uh, in Cleveland, I mean, like we played great on the perimeter, but Darius Garland was feeling a different type of way. Donovan Mitchell, he was feeling a different type of way that night. He was feeling he shifty was as fuck. Yeah, but you know, we still got two weight players all around the board, and that's what makes us special because we don't really have a weak point on any matchup any given night. I mean, I got all the faith in the world in Marcus Smart. I got all the faith in the world in Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon. I got all the faith in the world in our superstars in Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Al Horford, he's a vet, obviously. You can rely on him every single night. But when we get Robert Williams back and that paint presence comes in, on the offensive end speaking, when he comes back, his paint presence, I mean – you can stay on him all you want, but if you leave him, it's a lob at the rim every single time. And then on the defensive end, we're just going to go back to what we've been doing all season. We're going to put him off ball. We're going to have him as second man help. And whenever a guy gets beaten going to the rim, you're going to have to go dunk on Robert Williams to get a bucket in the paint. And that's hard to do as that man has about a 7-2, maybe bigger wingspan, and he can jump out of the gym. I mean, I just think it's a difference maker. And when it comes down to it, playoff time, and we probably go up against the Cavs in the first or second round, um, I think it's a difference maker, and it cancels out Jared Allen and Evan Mobley because I think those are the factors that got him over the edge in the regular season. I mean, I can keep talking about it, but... Nah, I know you could. I, I just think we're the most, you know, round-out, full roster. Like, we have we have I, depth now on our roster. I agree. You, ha- guys, you guys... We have all the two ways. We have We have players that fit within our system, you know? And we also have shooters all around the board. The only shooter, the only player on our team that can't shoot the basketball is Robert Williams. And I am very okay with that yeah. because of they what don't need he him can to shoot bring the basketball. The table. We don't need him to. Sit under the hoop and get those O boards. Yep. Yeah. Pick and roll all day long. Yeah. And you know what? And if his defender wants to fall down with him after the screen, it's an easy pull up. Or you know what? Tatum or whoever's got the ball is just taking you to the cup. You know, it's it's pretty unstoppable. So. Yeah, the Celtics are just, especially when it comes to the playoffs, they have, if you think about the roster exactly with Robert Williams and uh, with Malcolm Brogdon, you know, they can go 10 deep in the playoffs. Uh, you know, nine ten, deep. Ten's, ten's, ten's excessive, but nine, because, definitely. Because, yes, we're going to have Brogdon off the bench. We're going to have Derek White off the bench. 
Uh, we're going to have Grant Williams off the bench. We're going to have Sam Hauser off the bench. He's proven that he can play and that he can shoot the ball. I think he's a great comparison to Duncan Robinson. Yeah. I think they're the exact same player, in my opinion. And then, yeah, we do have PP. That's 10. Um, that's 10 guys. I mean, I don't know how deep we go in the playoffs. I think we probably leave it at eight guys. If we're in foul trouble, we're not going to be afraid to go to Hauser. We're not going to be afraid to go to Peyton Pritchard. Um, I don't think we're going to be afraid to go to Luke Cornett at all if we get into foul trouble. I mean, no, he's not a he's not a guy you want in the game at he's all. He's number 11. <laughs> he's number 11. Him and Noah Vonley are 11 and 12. I am very interested to see how uh, J.D. Davison looks in these next couple years. Um, he's been looking pretty fantastic on the main Celtics. They're the only undefeated G League team. All because of J.D. Davison. Check out his tape. Yeah, he's I, got some bounce. He was nice in college, so I'm not. I think I think he's got a good future in the league. Whether it's with Boston, whether it's with someone else, I think eventually he finds a rotation spot somewhere. I mean, anything else you want to talk about? I can point on it quickly. The Wizards, um, they're also on a four game win streak. Kyle Kuzma's playing his best basketball of his career right now, probably. You think the Wizards can make any noise? I, me personally, I think it's just, I think it's. You know, it is noise, and it's something that's going to fall off as the season goes goes into play. Because I like Porzingis as a player, um, I like Bradley Beal, I like Kuzma. I just think Bradley Beal, you know, I think I think he holds the ball too much, kind of a James Harden feel for it, and I think he's going to cost their team like what James Harden is going to do to Philly. And I mean, they got some nice young guys. I mean, they got they got Danny Ad- Advija, Daniel Gafford. I mean, I think it's a fluke. I don't think they make the playoffs. I don't even know if they make the plan. What you think? Yeah, if they make the plan, I think they'll be a ten seed. Um, the one thing I do really like about the Wizards is Porzingis is this is the best he's looked. He does look really good right now. He's I mean, you know he's he's a great three point shooter. He's our, he's averaging twenty a game, eight rebounds, as well as two and a half assists. He's playing good ball. Yeah, so you know that's what they need him to do. That's why he's there. Um, so it'll be interesting with the Wizards. Uh, it will be. You know, ten, and we'll, we'll nine, keep talking about seed. it. As the season goes on, we'll keep talking about it, as well as we'll keep talking about, obviously, all the other teams in the league as teams going, going up and down runs all year long. It's 82 games, 82 games for a reason. So it'll be fun. So that's going to do it for this week's Lance's House of Sports. Um, expect a smaller type podcast next week. It is Thanksgiving. Everyone, they need to be with their families. I wouldn't expect you to tune in on a Thursday, but we're gonna we're gonna have a little episode next week. We're gonna talk about the but we're gonna have an episode strictly for college football and strictly for the Buckeyes as they go in to their matchup of the year against the team up north at home. That's gonna be a very entertaining one and a very fun podcast to have. But outside of that, thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll uh, see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>